Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Friday, June 5th, 2020 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and I had the itch this morning. I'm a draft guy. I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. I'm the managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, NFL draft analyst at DraftNetwork.com. I'm a draft guy, and the Dolphins made me that way. Because all throughout my youth, it was the Dolphins. I was 10 when Marino retired. I was 15 by the time the Dolphins' wave of post-Marino life had fallen off the rails. And ever since, I spent my Novembers, Decembers through Aprils trying to figure out how the hell to fix the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so that is how I've been you know, deeply ingrained to become a, a draft guy. Uh, but the Dolphins had a first-hand impact in making me this way. I did a mock draft today. We're going to talk about it here on the show. Seven round 2021 Miami Dolphins mock draft pre-training camp edition based on what we know now about the team. All seven rounds, two picks in each of the first two rounds, tip of the cap to the Houston Texans. We use Super Bowl odds to determine the draft order over at thedraftnetwork.com, so I used the mock draft machine over at thedraftnetwork.com. Miami picked 8th and ninth. I don't hate it. I hate the fact that Miami's that high, but I don't hate the fact that I get two top 10 picks, and then I get two picks again at 40 and 41. It's pretty nice opportunity. So I am going to talk about the players I picked for the Dolphins in this way too early pre-training camp 2021 NFL mock draft for the Miami Dolphins, seven rounds. But before we get there, uh, we do need to talk about Brian Flores met with the South Florida media yesterday. Uh, this was an unscheduled meeting, and Flores uh, wanted to take the opportunity uh, to speak to the South Florida media regarding the uh, racial tension in this country right now and then the the outspokenness against systemic racism racism in general police brutality and uh the, the dolphins courtesy of brian flores were the first nfl team to really make a firm statement in regards to this and this should not be like a polarizing statement at all anything that brian flores says talking about how wrong this is and, you know, it, the, the value of human lives should be taking precedent over everything. But Flores met with the South Florida media yesterday, and he spoke briefly about the NFL's decision to open up uh, facilities to, to coaches effective today. But the, the core of what he wanted to talk about uh, was this almost an awakening uh, from the general public to to kind of rally together and make a push for equality across the spectrum in this country, which is something that many people do not have. And Flores spoke about his players and their rights 
uh, to be angry and to protest what is going on in this country. And, and here's what Brian Flores had to say. My number one thing for guys is they have the right to protest, and I support their right to protest, but even more than that, it's about being careful. I want my players to be careful. I actually had a good friend who was murdered in Indianapolis. His name was Chris Beatty, a good friend. He actually played football with assistant to the head coach, Lance Bennett, who was on our staff. He was full of life. He was a great human being, and he was protesting in Indianapolis, and he was murdered last weekend. I guess to me, that is the first thing that came to my mind when Kayvon, he's talking about Kayvon Frazier, was protesting. I've had a lot of conversation with players over the last few days, and I support these guys. I understand the emotions that they're going through, but at the same time, I want them to be smart. I care about each one of these guys. I've had a situation hit home pretty closely for me, so there's some fear on my end, to be honest with you, but I might as well take this time to send condolences to Beatty's family, his friends in Indianapolis. This guy was an incredible human being, and it's sad. It's just another tragedy that we're dealing with. Hopefully we can learn from it and, again, make the necessary changes so that these things don't happen again. Each one of these football players is a football player second, and they're a human being first. And Brian Flores's support, encouragement, and guidance for these football players to be people and fight for uh, and voice their displeasure in not having basic equality is just the latest example of how great of a leader he is. And to be quite frank with you, it might be the most important thing he provides for any of these football players. Well, this is a Dolphins football podcast, but football be damned in light of the bigger picture here. And what's at stake and, and what these people are fighting for and have every right to have. So I want to tip the cap to Brian Flores for how he's conducted himself, how he's not been afraid to have these difficult conversations and, and make these statements in support of you know, something that should not be polarizing at all. So in case you needed a to, to put a ribbon on this, if you needed another reminder to be thankful of why Brian Flores is your favorite team's head coach. Let this be it. Because he sees the big picture and he empowers his players to be people. And those relationships that he has developed with his players is transcends anything that will happen on the football field. And that's why you see so many players voice their love and support and desire to play for Brian Flores. So good on you, Brian Flores, for everything that you have said and how you have handled yourself as a leader in trying to make this world a better place. We will switch gears. Come on back to the, uh, the mock draft madness uh, that is constantly brewing in my head. I, I would be lying if I told you uh, we didn't get through the 2020 NFL draft, and one of the first thoughts that came through my mind was immediately... Okay, now who can they get in 2021? I, I'm a sick puppy in that way. <laughs> um, uh, but as I said, you know, when, in the lead to the show, Dolphins have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, courtesy of the Houston Texans. And uh, I made these selections trying to kind of forecast where this team is going and stay true to some of their tendencies, uh, which we've 
taken some time over the course of the last month or so exploring what tendencies we can find in the Miami Dolphins and their their acquisitions. So first round, as I said, they going off Vegas odds, they got these eighth and ninth picks. Um, they picked eighth. Miami or Houston's picks came in at ninth. So with the first pick in this mock draft in the first round, I gave the Dolphins a wide receiver, some speed. More importantly, some speed that Tua Tungavaloa already has a great deal of chemistry with. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. This dude's going to run in the four twos. He is as explosive as you will find. Can routinely take passes and turn them into house calls. But I did opt to select him over Devonta Smith. And the reason being is you look at Devonta Smith and his size profile. He's 5'10", 5'11", 175 pounds. Doesn't really have a big frame. But he runs like 4'5". He's not really physical, but he's got great hands. And I just have a hard time finding a player that's in the NFL right now that fits the same mold and the same model that would create a favorable projection, even though he has the chemistry with Tua. Well, Waddle is 5'10", 185. He's going to run in the 4'2s. He's got chemistry with Tua. Uh, he's a, a, pro, a just a, a prodigious big play weapon. And the Dolphins, Jakeem Grant, obviously, is their speed guy right now. Jakeem Grant's, Jakeem Grant's durability is a question. The Dolphins will need a long-term slot option that's dangerous. Give me Jalen Waddle can be a very dynamic football player with the ball in his hands. And I stated Alabama in the second pick of the first round. I gave the Dolphins Alex Leatherwood. I did not really like this value. But Alex Leatherwood, first and foremost, played at Alabama. He's another player that, as the Dolphins look to construct an Alabama-esque offense, what better way could you possibly hope to do so than to continue to draft Alabama Players, Alex Leatherwood meets the thresholds Miami looks for in build and explosiveness in his frame. He's very dense. Uh, he's a prototypical build. He's not one of these lean-bodied guys. He's got a lot of musculature on him. And just as importantly, he has experience at both guard and tackle. The Dolphins have made that a priority, trying to find versatility amongst their offensive linemen so that they can mix and match, find the best combo of five guys to put on the field at the same time. His two spots of experience, left tackle and right guard, which is currently the Dolphins' weakest spot. So you can draft Alex Leatherwood and play him at right guard. And now across the front, you know, you'd still need a long-term answer at center, whether it's Ted Karras, Michael Dieter, or somebody else, whatever. But you're talking about an all-time beef front with Jackson, Flowers, Leatherwood, and Hunt. Let's run the football. I'm here for it. Before I get into the second round, I need to remind you all about the glory that is Built Bar Protein Bars. <laughs> the best protein bars your lips will ever touch, uh, in my humble opinion. These things eat like candy bars, 110 to 150 calories. So whether you're looking for a post-workout meal, a meal replacement, a snack throughout the day, Built Bar can fill that void in your day-to-day -day diet. They're delicious. 
dark chocolate, all natural flavors, between 110 and 150 calories. They got one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugars as your typical protein bar. I don't know what kind of witchcraft they're using to craft these things. All I know is I can't imagine going throughout the day without hitting the cupboard at least two or three times for a Bilt Bar. But you don't have to take my word for it. You could save $10 off your first box going to BiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and save $10 off so you can find out for yourself what all the fuss is about. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BiltBar.com to save $10 off your first box. Time for the second round of this 2021 Miami Dolphins mock draft. And with the 40th pick, I gave the Miami Dolphins, drum roll please, what would you expect? Maybe a running back, free safety, center, another wide receiver. Nah, I gave him a defensive end. Try and tell me this isn't a very New England Patriots style approach. We got beef. You know, all this investment in the defensive line, we're still going to come out swinging and land some beef. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end for Michigan. I'll tell you guys this. If you do not know this name, know it now. Aiden Hutchinson, true junior, played it, plays at Michigan, number 97. He is 6'6, 278 pounds. I've seen this guy play A gap, B gap, C gap, D gap, whether you're in an outside defensive end alignment, a five technique, a three technique on the nose. Depending on down and distance, he can do it all. Really, really impressive dude. And this is a kid that's going to have a big breakout season in 2020 based on the tape that he put on display. Uh, Michigan showcased uh, Josh Uche as, as a featured rusher there. They have had some significant talent in the pass rush department. They bring some of that back, His te- uh, Hutchinson and his teammate Quiddy Pay. But Hutchinson is reminds me of what A.J. Epinesa's reputation was before he got to the NFL Combine and did not test well. Hutchinson is quick, he's long, he's twitchy, he checks a lot of boxes, but he has the length and the size and the anchor to play on this Dolphins front and play up and down the line. So you can never have enough of a couple different spots. You can never have enough offensive linemen. You can never have enough pass rushers, and you can never have enough corners in the NFL. There's no such thing, which is why it was very easy for me to target Aiden Hutchinson. He's a Dolphins build. He's a Dolphins model because he doesn't just rush off the edge. He's not a super bendy, twisty guy. He's got power components in his game. Watch this dude. Just watch him play. Number 97 on Michigan's defense. And then the second second round pick. I stayed up front. I got some more beef. And I filled the void at nose tackle. Which I'm... This shows how much of a freaking football nerd I am. I'm excited about this nose tackle pick. Like, genuinely giddy about the idea of Tyler Shelvin. Nose tackle, LSU. He is 346 pounds. (laughs) Watch the Texas game last year. Watch the Alabama game last year. This is he almost declared as a nose tackle. 
And if he would have, he'd have been one of the top interior defensive linemen in the class. Forget about pass rush productivity. What he does, he is dominant at. And what he does is the one thing the Dolphins are missing up front. He is a brick wall in the center of your defense. He's going to beat up almost every center at the NFL level. And no, he's not going to bring true value in pass rush, but what he is going to bring is more flexibility for the Dolphins to go odd fronts, get more linebackers on the field, more athletes on the field, and free up Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Devon Godchow, to not play in the nitty-gritty and have to eat so many double teams. I think the Dolphins, based on their construction of their team, you'll probably see more even fronts this year. But if they can get their nose on Tyler Shelvin, knowing that they, you know, on a week-to-week basis, you could flip the script and go from odd front to even front based on what's going to give the opposing team more matchup problems, that's an easy sell for me. And it's an even easier sell for me to know I can get into the third round and I can land Najee Harris, who was there in the simulator. Najee Harris in the third round, of course, uh, Alabama running back, who has a great deal of chemistry with Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, in the passing game, too, Harris really came along in 2019 as a pass catcher, uh, was running option routes for Tua, had a great catch against uh, LSU, a back shoulder throw on a, on a running back wheel out of the backfield. That was a touchdown, a leaping catch at the front pylon. He's big. He's physical. He can be the long-term takeover back for for Jordan Howard if the Dolphins don't want to invest a second contract that's going to pay Jordan Howard top 15 running back money. Uh, Harris flipped the switch this year, and he ran to his size, and it was really impressive to watch. So that gives you three Alabama players in the first three rounds. you got Jalen Waddle, Alex Leatherwood, and Najee Harris, all around to a tongue of Aloha on your offense. We're building the Bama offense. Seemed like a no-brainer to me. He was there. Dolphins obviously have the long-term need. Uh, I do believe that was it for the for the Alabama Crimson title, though we will get another LSU Tiger. We have uh, Chaz Surratt, linebacker in North Carolina, in the fourth round. Uh, he and his brother are the Surratt brothers, both playing the ACC his brother is a wide receiver for Wake Forest, who I would also not be mad if they ended up getting. Um, Surratt, long, big tackle radius, terrific athlete. Think him as a second-level player in defensive sub-packages, just continuing to give Brian Flores every ounce of ammunition he is going to need. Like he, This might be an Elandon Roberts replacement type player. I think the Dolphins... No, they, they got enough bodies in that are familiar with the system and are on short-term deals that they should be competitive this year. I expect them to take to Brian Flores' defense quite well. But Chaz Surratt is an opportunity to potentially upgrade that hybrid player because he's such a good athlete. And then you get into passing situations. If you want to commit Kyle Van Noy to rushing the passer, Chaz Surratt, Jerome Baker, you can play those guys off the ball and let them kind of prowl the hook curl areas. And you've got a really, really good, fluid, dynamic one-two punch if Van Noy's going to rush the passer. And then, then Van Noy can also be your, your chess piece that you know buzzes underneath the hot routes and stuff like that in the quick game against blitz looks and 
Uh, there's a lot of different stuff you could do. That's really genuinely what I try to do is provide as much as possible to give Flores the flexibility he needs. I got a value in the fifth round. I was hoping to get it back around to the offensive side of the ball. But the value of Jacoby Stevens, the safety from LSU, uh, was too good to ignore in the fifth round. This is sick. He's like 6'2". Uh, had almost 100 tackles last year. Uh, almost had double-digit tackles for loss, so he can play up in the box. He can play some deep safety. I believe he had three interceptions last year. He almost declared as well, ultimately decided to come back. And uh, Miami does have this long-term question mark at free safety, uh, whether it's going to be Brandon Jones or they envision somebody else, and Brandon Jones is more of an intermediate zone defender, which is where I think he's best suited for, maybe a big nickel. Um, Jacoby Stevens, I think, has the ceiling to to look to be a potential solution to the free safety issue and was too good of an issue for me to pass up. Uh, Josh Sills. Offensive tackle, West Virginia. Like I said, defensive, like pass rush, defensive ends, cornerbacks, offensive tackles. No such thing as too many of these guys. Corner or offensive tackle, Josh Sills from West Virginia. He also meets the density that we're looking for for Miami offensive linemen. Late, late round flyer here. We're into the sixth round in this mock draft. The other name that I got in the sixth round, remember the Dolphins have two, one from the Minka Fitzpatrick deal, and the other one was from, I believe, a trade down in 2020. Uh, Cameron Bynum, cornerback from Cal. Kyle, why'd you take a corner? Well, there's no such thing as having too many corners. And also because Bynum's college coach, Gerald Alexander, uh, is now on the Dolphins coaching staff. So that's a very logical line to draw to be able to say, Okay, Bynum played with Alexander. He's going to have inside info. If any team is going to prioritize him, and it would be telling, it's the Dolphins. He's there for me in the sixth round. I grabbed him. The last name I grabbed in the seventh round, Jatarvius Whitlow, running back from Auburn. This is six foot, 220-pound back. Think Kalen Bellage, but not so limited with his vision. Uh, Whitlow coming out of the Auburn offense. Uh, he is used to getting some soft corners. They ran a lot of his own read. Uh, but he will challenge you in the open field. And I thought that this was a nice one-two punch with Najee Harris that made it a no-brainer uh, this late in the draft. Uh, Miami continuing to uh, look for new life in the running game, right? Now, if Jordan Howard comes out and he rushes for 1,200 yards, and you know, maybe he, because he's only 25 years old, maybe he puts himself in a position where they feel comfortable with Jordan Howard and they extend him, and then maybe Matt Breida is a one-year piece, and then they get another scat back, and then this guy could be a totally different pick here in the seventh round. Perhaps. But this late in the draft, it felt like uh, a really good value and a really good mesh and fit uh, for what the Dolphins are trying to construct their offensive identity to be. So let's get a quick recap. First round, I drafted Alabama players, two of them, Jalen Waddle and Alex Leatherwood in a one-two punch. In the second round, I drafted defensive end Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, nose tackle Tyler Shelvin from LSU. In the third round, I drafted Alabama running back Najee Harris. In the fourth round, linebacker Chaz Surratt from North Carolina, 
In the fifth round, safety Jacoby Stevens from LSU, a value too good to pass up. In the sixth round, I drafted Josh Sills, offensive tackle from West Virginia, and cornerback Cameron Bynum from California, who played with Gerald Alexander. And in the seventh round, Jatarvius Whitlow, another powerful style running back from Auburn. A lot of trenches, defensive athletes, big thick builds in the trenches, powerful style in the running game, and a new dynamic for the wide receiver core. Explosive speed beyond that of Jakeem Grant, who has struggled to stay healthy. And, and quite frankly, if he's going to struggle to stay healthy, he's going to have a hard time convincing the Dolphins that he's a long-term fixture and that the Dolphins don't need to invest more speed at the wide receiver position. Hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown of a way too early mock draft for the 2021 NFL Draft as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins. Don't worry, much will change. If you hated this, good. Let me know. <laughs> Give me feedback. Uh, I'm sure I'll do plenty of them. I'm probably going to hop on as soon as I'm done here and record another one. Um, I'll keep a cash, and then we can start doing competitions on which mock drafts you guys like the best. Uh, but we are next week going to get into some of the other ranking of players at certain positions that the Dolphins are going to have to face this season, see where the big challenges lie. I hope to be able to work through enough of these where I can do like a comprehensive grouping of uh, where the the players at certain positions rank amongst themselves on Miami's schedule. I think that'd be a pretty cool series to have a culmination that builds to. If there's anything else you'd like to hear me talk about, uh, Third, Tuesday is Power to the Pod, which is you tell me what you want to talk about. You can submit those questions via Twitter at LockedOnFins or at GrindingTheTape, which is my personal account. Or you can leave a nice little review for the podcast on iTunes Reviews, preferably a five-star if you enjoy the show, and ask your question there, and I will make sure I get to them all eventually, whether it's here on the podcast, a specific show that's outside of Power to the Pod, which I do for really good questions that I get that would require way more time than I want to wrap into for the rapid-fire format of Power to the Pod. Or even over at DolphinsWire.com, I do some written content based off the questions that you provide as well. So, you know, if it needs a little bit more research, be more fully fleshed out, I am here to provide you guys with what you want this Dolphins discussion to be. So use me. I've greatly enjoyed interacting and getting to know so many of you already. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. I hope to see you guys again on Monday. Enjoy your weekends.